As always, a big thank you to Myra Green for her music, her composition, Passing Places. You can find out more about Myra Green and her music on her website at myragreen.com or pop on to my own website, bonnytours.com, and follow the story from there. Hello and welcome to episode 41 of Passing Places. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. And if you're new to Passing Places, I always say every week it's my personal diaries of my travels around Scotland, mainly in my motorhome, previously by motorcycle and perhaps again soon. And I also do some hill walking when I can. And we're gradually getting to that time of year, February onwards, where I'm hoping to get out and get some fitness. So welcome to Passing Places. Now you join me at home, it's very early, pre-dawn, and we have freezing fog. The visibility probably looks about uh, 100 yards once the daylight uh, arrives. And I'm up uh, very early because I'm off to Argyll today and the forecast is set fair. Looks like we'll have plenty of sunshine across the highlands and into the west coast. So it's a great time to be getting off for the weekend. Temperatures are going to soar to 4, 5 degrees centigrade. So I'm really looking forward to spending a weekend primarily in Oban. I'm catching up with uh, a few friends in Oban and doing some work on my new website business. So I'm just about to pack up and get off. So I thought I'd record this week's episode before I leave. And over the, the last week or so, I've been mainly at home. I had hoped to get over to Loch Lomond on Wednesday and uh, yesterday and I've been waiting on different parcels arriving and also the installation of broadband, fibre optic broadband, which I won't bore you with the story, but that's turned out to be a problem so I still don't have that sorted. So although I never managed to get over to Balmaha, I thought I'd probably spend a bit of the episode talking about it. I had a, a message from my Nephew last night, he was looking for a, an easy introduction to hill walking for a group and I was talking to him about the uh, benefits of perhaps going up Conic Hill, which is at Balmaha. So I thought, well, that's uh, an area that I've mentioned in the very early episodes beside of Loch Lomond, but maybe I could give you a bit more information. So I'm going to tell you all about the east side of Loch Lomond and some of the islands and why you should really consider a visit rather than shooting up the west side. So we'll get into that in a second or two. One or two things just in my mind was when I'm talking about the freezing fog. We haven't really had any proper snow yet this year. The last two winters or so, we've had weeks of sub-zero temperatures, snow, uh, ice, and this year it's been, I suppose, primarily just wet and windy and uh, cold in terms of perhaps just overnight dipping below freezing, but not much snow in the heart of Scotland. Uh, snow falling on the hills and the mountain tops, but not a lot of snow. If anything, some of the problems have been around flooding. So uh, you could say it's been a mild winter so far, but there's still opportunities for the weather to change or turn and we could hit a real cold snap. And I'm indebted to Joyce McNichols on the Passing Places podcast group on Facebook. She I was asking her in Boston if she had any, well, I knew that it had snow, but I said, do you still have your snow? And she put a couple of posts showing a, probably a foot of snow in her back garden. So I felt a bit envious, although I'm sure plenty of people who are out and about working and commuting don't want uh, to see heavy snow this winter in Scotland. 
So thanks for that, Joyce. And just to one final comment about Facebook this week, I think it was on Wednesday, was Skid, my Jack Russell, was his uh, second birthday. And it was lunchtime when I remembered. I'd forgotten. My daughter had been asking last week about uh, plans for his birthday. So I put a photograph on the Facebook group and I just wanted to say a big thank you to all those 40-odd people who liked his photograph and a large number of you who wished him a happy birthday. So that's uh, Skid, the co-host on Passing Places. I'm sure he'll enjoy his weekend. He's desperate to get off as well. So let's have a quick look at uh, the east coast of Loch Lomond. I was staring out the window waiting on the, the broadband man arriving and the postman arriving with a new um, piece of audio equipment. And I thought maybe I could just uh, open the window up and there were crows flying around making a bit of a racket and I could pretend that I was at uh, Balmaha. I mean, who would be, uh, who would know apart from me? And I thought, how uh, how bad is that considering uh, duping my listeners by hanging out a window in Stirling and pretending I'm on Loch Lomond side? So I'm um, confessing to a crime I didn't commit, and I'm promising I won't commit. <laughs> but uh, it was just a thought that crossed my mind. You know, I could uh, go over to Balmaha, take me an hour or two there and back. And I've often found when I'm trying to record outside, I end up in the car recording. And recording in the car, unsurprisingly, sounds like recording in the car. It doesn't really matter where you are, it's uh, recording in the car, sometimes with or without the addition of rain, so... Um, let's uh, rush you over to Balmaha on the east side of Loch Lomond. Now, if you're travelling in through the Highlands, and Loch Lomond is a, a really great spot. People uh, talk about the bonnie banks of Loch Lomond. It's world famous. It's the uh, largest inland loch or lake, I suppose, in uh, uh, Scotland by way of surface area, although Loch Ness has a greater volume of water. So it's probably 20 odd miles long and five, five and a half miles wide at the south side, the south end, which is the shallower end and where most of the islands are. And the funny thing I find, I spend a lot of time on both the west side and the east side, and the west side is full of people who are going places. And it's a different type of atmosphere. If you've ever stood on a, a bridge over a motorway and the traffic's thundering by underneath you, it's a, I find that quite a lonely experience because people are in their little boxes doing their own thing and they're probably totally oblivious of the immediate uh, surroundings because of the speed they're travelling. So the west side is, yes, there are people who live there and hill walk and do all the things you do on the east side, but many people are just passing through. And when you go over to the east side of Loch, because it's a dead end at Rower Denon, which may be a third half of the way up the loch almost, Everybody who comes through to Balmaha is there for a reason. They either live in Balmaha or the immediate area up to our Denon. They work there, they're delivering things there, or they're out enjoying the lockside, whether they're hill walkers, campers, uh, picnickers, uh, just visitors. But everybody's decided to, to be there, and that creates a very different atmosphere. When you drive over to Drimmon and then take the road to Balmaha, you get a sense of, Arrival. There's a large car park and visitor centre in the village. And even out of season, you'll find a few people just wandering around 
uh, taking in the views and visiting the pub and things. So I like the atmosphere over there. And if you take the single, not quite single track road, but if you take the road up to River Denon to the end of the road, it's always a, a different uh, atmosphere as you drive that kind of road. So a couple of things I wanted to mention about the area and why you might want to visit. Uh, Loch Lomond has all these islands, maybe 50 plus islands. And it's such a beautiful location. It's where the, the lowlands meet the highlands. And the Great Highland Glen or Fault uh, runs down to Loch Lomond. And these islands are, some of them are quite accessible by little boats and ferries that you can pick up from Balmaha. Others, if you're into canoeing or boating, you can visit at your own leisure. And probably one of the islands, the easiest one is just immediately adjacent to Balmaha. You can go over to um, Inchcalioch and it's, it must be a couple of five minutes in the ferry. It's a few, few pounds each or whatever. I think it's just on demand. And Inchcalioch is a, an island which is mainly uh, forested. Uh, broadleaf forestry and you can camp there you can stay overnight and there's a small hill which if you climb up to the top of the hill you can get fantastic views looking south into the lowlands and looking north into the highlands and looking west over to the Arachar Alps and there are so many people who I suppose are stuck in their cars they see Loch Lomond from the roadside they may well pull over but if you are prepared to park up and get in a small boat and visit one or two of the islands, it will bring the whole Loch Lomond experience to life for you. I, I, I can't stress that enough. And Inchcalioch is so easy to visit, inexpensive. And if you're a bit more adventurous, you could stay overnight. So you can find out more details about Inchcalioch on most of the websites about Loch Lomond. I think it's the Balmaha Boatyard. Is where you should phone for further details and perhaps track down the arrangements for camping. Another island that springs to mind is in Shmurn. And I mentioned that briefly because it's always been a bit of a, uh, a joke that people have mentioned when they're up climbing can they see in Shmurn because historically there's been a, a community of naturists have used uh, some of the facilities on in Shmurn. So very brave to take your clothes off in the Scottish climate. Um, so if that's your uh, interest or if you've tried it uh, it's perhaps easier to get to Inchmurn than the south of France I have gone topless myself down there once or twice but uh, I don't fancy taking my top off in Inchmurn so that's just to the islands you can also take a boat over to uh, Luss from Balmaha and Luss is on the, the busier side of the loch it has some great little streets and cafes and things and the pier. And again, you can see great views of Loch, uh, Ben Lomond from the Lust side. And you can take other little boats uh, further up to Tarbert and probably onwards to Inversnaid on the east side. So that's uh, some of the reasons why you might want to go out in the loch and see the scenery from the water rather than the road. The Conic Hill that I mentioned uh, just at Balmaha is a great little hill. It's part of the West Highland Way, but you can park in that large car park. Uh, there's a shop there. You can get a few provisions, uh, toilet facilities, and then maybe 
I would say 40 minutes, some people might say an hour or so, but a couple of hours. I think the guides say two to three hours to get up to the top and back down again, but it's maybe just over a thousand feet, 1100 feet. And a bit of a steep climb, but a good path, including steps or staircases. Uh, not difficult. If you're unfit, you just take your time. And as you climb the hill, the uh, wonderful aspects of Loch Lomond uh, open out in front of you. And on a nice sunny day, there are so many uh, areas on the hill where you can sit down just out the breeze and enjoy a picnic. So it's very popular in the summertime. And you just retrace your steps to come back down. Another option is to do some of the West Highland Way. The West Highland Way comes in from Drimmon, and I have often walked either from Drimmon to Balmaha over Conic Hill or from Balmaha over Conic Hill back to Drimmon. Sometimes other people, so we've got a car at either end. I would guess that's from memory, maybe if you're on the West Highland Way, seven or eight miles, um, probably a three-hour walk. And it's probably, it is the first video I ever put on Facebook, not on Facebook, on YouTube, was the walk from Drimmon on the West Highland Way over Conic Hill to Balmaha. Another great reason for doing it is the, adjacent to the car park, is the Oak Tree Inn, which is a really good pub. Has an open fire most of the year when it's cold, and they do great food as well as accommodation. So if you're looking for that uh, reward after your exertions, you can sit in the oak tree inn next to the fire and on a nice day they have a, an extensive beer garden as well as, I say, good food. So it's a great little location, free car parking and lots to do. You can also wander on the West Island Way up the side of Loch Lomond a little bit to stretch your legs and come back. If you do decide to spend some time on that east side, there are two campsites which I've well, I've only used the Malarkey Bay campsite, which is part of the Caravan and Camping Club. And I've been there a number of times, but further up the road towards Den, and there's also Cashel, which I think is also part of the Caravan and Camping Club, or the where the Forestry Commission campsites. So there's two sites that you can either camp, if you're a walker, or if you're a caravaner or motorhome user, you can book pitches, including electric hookup and various facilities, all your usual facilities, shower and toilet blocks. And there's also a visitor centre uh, on the way up that road. And when you get to Rowardenon, there's the Rowardenon Hotel, again, beer garden, good food. And if you're on the West Highland Way and you're ambitious enough and you've planned your trip over the week or so, you could take a day off and climb Ben Lomond. Very strenuous but easy route. Uh, they've improved the they've improved the the path over the years, so you can probably spend I don't know four, five, six hours, depending on your fitness and the weather, etc. Climbing Ben Lomond, which is a Monroe, it's a mountain over three thousand feet, and again from the top of Ben Lomond on a good day, you will get fantastic views, uh, three hundred sixty degree views down through the central belt and up into the highlands the Crean Larrick Mountains and beyond. It's a, a really good mountain to climb and relatively easy in terms of a route. You just avoid straying off the path when you're on the summit. And it's a bit of a long walk, right enough, in terms of the walk-in. So Ben Lomond, very popular as a, a first row for people.
So we're mentioning the islands in Balmaha and Conic Hill and the West Highland Way. They're all accessible through the road from Drimmon to Balmaha. There's one other option if you go up through the Trossachs to Aberfoyle. You can again follow a, what is ultimately a dead-end road to the hotel at Inversnaid, which is further up on the east side of Loch Lomond. There is only one way in, and you can't. Uh, there is no road from Inversnaid south to Rowardenon, so if you're very keen to visit Inversnaid, you can take the, the car or whatever your transport is and, and get all the way to the Inversnaid Hotel. It's one of these hotels that are, it's all about coach trips now. The coach will come in on the single track road to Inversnaid and the people on the tour will often be picked up by ferry boat and taken back over to the other side of the loch to places like Tarbert to pick up uh, a coach and follow their hotel tour from there. So the hotel's not the best for uh, welcoming non-residents, but it is a place that you'll get a drink. And also a place I've stayed a number of times is the Inversnaid Bunkhouse, which is at the top of the hill before you drop down onto the lockside. And it's a relatively inexpensive accommodation, but on the, it's a converted church, small converted church. And on the upper floor, they have, uh, I suppose, a cafe restaurant type setup and some soft furnishings, leather sofas, internet access and all sorts of musical instruments lying around, so you can end up having quite a little uh, enjoyable evening at the Inversnaid Bunkhouse. It's licensed as well, so... And also outside, I haven't been there for a year or two, but they had a hot tub, so if you've been cycling all day or walking or on the West Highland Way, they'll come down and pick you up from the Inversnaid Hotel, and you can sit in the hot tub. And it's interesting that the midges can be horrendous in the summertime, but they won't bother you in the hot tub. So try try and have a look at the Inversnaid Bunkhouse. I'm hoping it's still open. As I say, it's, a, it's come up for two years since I last stayed there. So that's the other way to get into the side of Loch Lomond. And the number of boats that are now travelling around in the loch, there are various ways if you're a foot passenger or if you just want a, a trip out in a boat. The best way in some ways to connect the east and west is by bicycle. They'll happily put your bike on the boat and that would allow you to cycle up to Inversnaid and then go over to the west side of Loch and carry on from there up through Argyll. So that's another way of doing it if you're a cyclist. One other walk that I've completed too many times in the last few years is turning up at uh, on the Balmaha Road with two cars leave one at the Balmaha car park and drive on up to River Denon and park the other car and walk back from River Denon to Balmaha. Now most of the road, most of the, well the path is all in the West Highland Way and it's surprisingly uh, strenuous in terms of the number of ups and downs. Uh, lots of little hills that are maybe only, you know, 50 metres high, 100 metres, but lots of ups and downs and Lots of zigzagging around the various coves on the loch side. And what looks like, I'm trying to remember, maybe eight or nine miles on the map, uh, actually takes you quite a time to get to get back to Balmaha. So by the time you get to the Oak Tree Inn, you're certainly ready for some, ref- some refreshments. But it's a place that I've often gone in poor weather when you're worried about the 
strength of the wind or perhaps the wind chill and strength of the wind on the hills because there's so much tree cover. Uh, even when it's raining, you can walk down that uh, route from Rowardene into Balmaha or I suppose you could, if you sort out the transport, go south to north, but certainly easier going north to south. Um, and if you're looking for some fitness, that's a good way to get out and uh, enjoy a, a very quiet walk out of season. So let's bring the my ramble around the east side of Loch Lomond to a close for just now and get back on to my uh, itchy feet. I'm desperate to get out the door and get off to Argyle today. The episode last week I was waxing lyrical about St Conan's, so I now feel absolutely obliged to drop into St Conan's and Loch Awe, which I'll pass on my way to Oban. I've managed to leave, I think, all of my cameras in my van and I'm going up by car this weekend, so I'll just have my iPhone, but I might manage a couple of photographs of Kilchurn Castle or the St Conan's Church, uh, the St Conan's Kirk. And uh, after the weekend, I'm back out in the van, I'm pretty sure. I was also thinking about the number of times I mention astronomy when I'm on the podcast, and perhaps some people think, well, that's not a great deal to do with Scotland, but... You know, as a diary, it's a big part of Scotland for me. Whenever I'm out in dark skies, then most of what you can see is the sky and the stars. So I've become a, a bit of a stargazer. And I just wanted to mention this week another uh, astronomical story. It's the launch in 2016 of the Osiris REX mission which is part of, I think, the NASA's New Frontiers programme. And I mention it because, you know, my chances of getting to space are zero. But the Planetary um, Society, I think you can get them at planetarysociety.org, have linked up with NASA and they have a, a novel scheme in place where you can apply to have your name transported on this mission. Now, the mission is to rendezvous with a, an asteroid, map the asteroid over a, a period, and then reach out with a robotic arm and take a sample. And then there's a sample return element to the mission. So here's the deal. I've now got this certificate which says my name is going to be launched on this spacecraft, along with a few hundred thousand dollars, no doubt. It's going to head off on a two-year mission, rendezvous with this asteroid, and... Uh, collect a sample I think it's 500 days on the uh, actual orbiting of the satellite and then the spacecraft will I think eventually become a piece of space junk but the return capsule is going to crash down crash land, splash down back to Earth in 2023 I think but the names that are in the Spacecraft, there's going to be two copies. One will be left on the spacecraft and the other is coming back in the sample return capsule. So as a stargazer, daydreamer, uh, I just find that amazing that you can imagine, you can identify with the whole trip to this asteroid. And no doubt my name will be digitally encoded rather than, you know, scratched across the side of the silver foil on the external part of the aircraft or the space spaceship but isn't that uh, super cool 
So if you're interested, uh, go on to the Planetary Society.org website. It's called uh, Bennu, B-E-N-N-U. So if you go into Google, type in uh, Bennu space mission names or something, and it'll come up. And you can stick your name onto the list if you're interested. So that's my little bit of astronomical news. Uh, the other thing I should mention is that Bennu, the asteroid, is uh, predicted to have a 1 in 1,500 chance of smashing into the Earth. And this thing is about 500 metres uh, wide. So it could be a pretty big event if uh, the 1 in 1,500 chance actually arises. It could cause significant havoc depending on its uh, tra- tra- trajectory as it's coming into Earth. But I wouldn't go off worrying about it because the current uh, math or maths is that it's due to pass by on that particular fateful time, if it does uh, hit Earth, one in a 1,500 chance, is between 2169 and 2199. So uh, if you maybe just leave a message for your kids, 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 great, 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 whatever, grandchildren, but I'm sure they'll have resolved the various issues around asteroids by then. So we'll bring this episode to a close, and I hope the audio is okay that I don't sound like a Dalek because I'm using this new piece of audio equipment and I haven't read the manual. Typical guy, I've just plugged it in and twiddled the knobs and made all the lights flash, which is really interesting. Lots of little red and green and even a yellow LED flashing on and off. I'll need to experiment to get the settings right, but it just crossed my mind. If you know somebody who's really geeky, an anorak who doesn't speak or say much, or you've got one of those teenagers, you know the ones where you speak to them and they go, huh, huh, maybe you should buy them a DVX-286S. And the reason being that if they speak or make any sort of sound, they're rewarded by flashing lights. And maybe over a period of some days in therapy, you'll find that they could actually strike up a conversation or they might have talent, real talent as a singer or a poet. So I'm hoping all these little flashing lights will help me even more motivated to podcast and in reality the the gear is supposed to take out the background noise things like the fridge etc take some of the popping sounds out and manage the quality of the audio better than the mixing desk on its own so that's my little bit of uh, kit that I've bought this week and uh, I'll see what it sounds like on the iPhone when I play the episode back so Say, bring this episode to a close and we'll catch up with you next week. I will have been out and about in Argyle. As I say, I'm mitching to get off. Great day weather-wise, sunny. So that's got to be uh, as much incentive as anybody needs to visit the the Highlands and particularly the Argyle and the West Coast. So I hope uh, you've enjoyed this sort of ramble for today. And if you're out and about in Scotland this year, any time, I hope we can cross paths And in the meantime, stay safe and I'll play out with uh, Myra Green's music, her composition, Passing Places. Thank you.